Welcome to Bulls, Bears, and Pigs podcast, presented by SizeTrade.com. Simplifying technicals, fundamentals, and market psychology for one goal and one goal only, to help you make money in all market conditions. Good evening, Size Traders. This is Amos, your host, and I'm here today with Gary, head trader of Size Trade. What's going on, Gary? Hey, Amos. What's going on? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Gary, I guess today what I wanted to speak about with you was trading with math. We talk about it a lot, and um, I think it's about time that we talk about why it's so important for us to, for traders to trade with math, and um, really what's the difference between a trader who sets up their strategy with math versus a trader who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, in my experience, the majority of reason why most traders lose money comes down to the fact that they don't set up their money management correctly. And that money management has to be done through putting together a strategy mathematically. So when I say that, let's take an example of two different traders. Let's take trader A and trader B. If trader A sees a pattern that he likes and takes it because it's the right setup, it's the right pattern, he thinks it's going to work out. Let's take a bull flag. So he buys it when it breaks above the uh, top of the bull flag. He has his measured move. He knows where the stock is theoretically going. He's super happy. He knows that this pattern will work out more times than it doesn't. So now if he just takes it on the breakout without putting in the, I don't know, 10 minutes to do the math, five minutes to do the math, to set up the trade, he's at a big disadvantage because most of the time he's buying it when, where the risk reward is not in his favor, meaning that he's, his stop is, let's say, below the bottom of the bull flag range. So let's say in this case, it would be 10 points or five points. Let's take five points. And his measured move might only be three points from that point where he's buying it. So even though he's right that the probability of that trade working out is higher than 50-50, let's say 60-40 net of commissions, He's ending up taking over a longer time breaking even or losing money because he's risking five to make three. So, so Gary, so, so when yeah. let's just clarify for a second for our guys. When we say words like math and setting up the trades properly, what we're talking about is investing a minimum amount of time in order to do some minor addition, subtraction, and some multiplication division to make sure that our risk-reward strategy is set up correctly so that the odds are in our favor uh -huh. to win. A hundred percent. We have to, the reason why, like I said in the beginning, most traders lose is they don't see the setup. So so they read about a bull flag or another technical pattern, head and shoulders, bear flag, whatever, whatever the technical pattern is, whatever they like to trade. And they understand that that pattern works out more times than it doesn't. They don't necessarily understand what's the probability of it working out, or even if they do, they, they don't look at the second part of it, which is setting up the risk reward properly so that it benefits them. And, and if they're right, and if they are right 60% of the time, they're actually going to make pretty good, decent money uh, over the long term. Uh, the majority, like I said, the majority of traders, their risk reward is skewed against them. So even though they're making money 60% of the time, they still end up losing money or breaking even, depending on, on the probability of the trade, of course. So just to give you an example, if you're uh, right six out of 10 times, so you're 60% trader, which is, you know, not bad, not great, but not bad. So you're making money six, but you're losing money four. So if out of the, on those six trades, you made three points, you're up a net of 18 points. And out of those four trades, you lose a net of $5. 
uh, per trade, then you're down 20. So you, you're up $18, you're down 20, you're net negative minus two, even though you're 60% of the time right on the trades. And a lot of times when, when I talk to traders who don't make money, they don't understand how they're not making money because they don't see it. They don't look back at overall and say, oh, wow, I'm making money 60% of the time, but my risk reward is skewed. They go, you know, I feel like I'm making money. I feel like I'm understanding it. I feel like I'm getting it. But at the end of the month, at the end of the year, my P&L is either net negative or flat or whatever, whatever, up small, depending on, on, again, probabilities. So our jobs as traders is to A, learn, get the probabilities in our favor by learning patterns, putting patterns together. Uh, there's up, upper patterns, which is, like I said, head and shoulders, I don't know bull flags, bear flags, whatever, all those simple ones. And then there's bottom uh, indicators, which are RSI stochastics. If you start putting them together and you put multiple and you put trend lines and you put channels and you start putting this together, you can theoretically start putting your probability of being right on a trade to 65%, 70%, 75%, 80% if you're a really good trader. Over 80 is, is, is quite difficult. Um, so let's take a scenario where you're a 65% trader, which I think is already – you know, a little bit above average. I would say 60% is probably average trader. 65% is already above average. You're 65% trader. So now let's take the scenario where you do 10 trades. You're right on six and a half and you're wrong on three and a half. So again, if you don't put the math in your favor and you do six and a half times three points, that gets you to 18, 19 and a half points of profit. And then you take three and a half times five, you're down 17 and a half. So again, you're after commissions, you're basically flat. So here you're a 65% trader, which is pretty good. You know, you should be making a lot, a ton of money. There's a lot of strategies out there that hedge funds run and big banks run that are under 65%, between 60 and 65%. But yet at the end of the year, you're, you're net negative or net flat or maybe net up a little depending on your commissions. And it all comes down to being able to set up your trade in the proper way with the mathematics. So you, A, have to understand what your probability is of the trade. Now, that's a little sometimes harder to do because it's hard to, to backtest and, and get all of that stuff. So if you can't get the probability, you have to assume that you're at least 50-50 because if you're not 50-50, you shouldn't be in the trade, right? So now you take a simple one-to-one -one strategy, which is you're risking the same that you're losing. And right away, if you're 60 trader you're making money because again if you do 10 trades and you're right on six and you're wrong on four but this time you're risking five to make five on the six you're making 30 on the four that you're wrong you're losing 20 so now you're net 10 points so so, so gary, just take so gary you're saying at the minimum at the minimum traders should at least be trading one-to-one -one. yeah you, you in my opinion you should never have a strategy where you're risking more than you're making and I know there are strategies out there that are successful. I just, given the opportunity to be right 60% of the time to make money versus being right 80% to make money, I always choose the 60%. That's my personal opinion. So no matter how great your strategy is, you just have to understand that 80% is tough. But if you could do it, if you could make money 80% of the time, then obviously you don't have to be one-to-one. -one. But still, you need to understand and be cognizant of your math because even at 80%, if you're risking 10 to make one, that's also not great. So like if you're if you're picking up nickels, but when you lose, you lose $5. So again, let's take 10 trades. So you do 10 trades, eight, you're right on, two, you're wrong. So 80% trader, that's pretty, pretty spectacular. But on the eight trades, you're only making five cents. 
So you're making 40 cents of profit. And then on the two trades that you're wrong, you're losing $5 a pop. So now you're down $10. So obviously that doesn't make sense, right? So you have to understand, even at 80%, you have to understand your 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 parameters, um, your risk reward and, and what your probability is. My, my, my suggestion to traders who are not making money is don't be complex. Don't try to be right 80% of the time. Just try to skew the odds in your favor just a bit. You know, if you don't know anything about the market and you have the same risk reward, you should be 50-50, right? That's your probability of making money, 50%, 50%. That's, that part, you know, we, we're always told in school that pick a side of a stock, you have 50% chance of making money, 50% chance of losing money. But that was always incorrect because the real answer is there's not enough data for you to understand. If you're risking 10 cents to make $100 and you're 50-50, you're a billionaire, right? That's that's not realistic. So and you always have to understand what the risk reward is. So if you're risking the same and you don't know anything about the stock, you haven't looked at the chart, you don't know anything about the market and you randomly just buy or sell, you have a 50% chance of making or losing. So no, knowing that our base, we start off at 50%. Now this is where education and understanding understanding the psychology of markets, understanding patterns, understanding fundamentals, if that's if you want to be a fundamental trader, that's where you put everything together and increase your probabilities. Now, I, in my opinion, every trader who puts in any amount of time to understand how to trade should be near 60% at least. Uh, now, the better traders, like I said, it will be in the 70s. So you, you have the ability to really make a lot of money on a one-to-one strategy if you're in the 70s. But even if you're at 60%, like we said earlier, if you do the risk reward properly, you're going to see a huge difference in your net PL at the end of the year. Now, you might miss some trades because you're setting up the risk reward properly. You're not just jumping into every head and shoulders or bull flag or whatever pattern you're looking at. You're, you're waiting to buy. So instead of buying it on a breakout of a bull flag, you're waiting for it to come back a little because you know where your stop is. You know where your uh, measured move is. So you're waiting for it to come back a bit so that the risk reward skews back to one to one. So there might be times where the stock just explodes and you miss it. So I, I, spoke, with, okay. I spoke with someone recently, Gary, and I just 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 on this idea, um, I was speaking with somebody and they were asking us about a specific trade of ours. And um, and one of the trades didn't didn't go in our favor, and they said that the trade did go in their favor because they never placed a stop, and they made something like fifteen or twenty points on the trade. And um, and we were talking to them afterwards, and we were saying, you know, that's that's great, that's fantastic that you made the points, but like in a long term strategy, if you're just trading and you're not placing your stops, that's like a sure way to basically blow through your entire account. Right, right. So if you're not putting in stops, you th- this is the problem. Right. So when you don't put in stops, a lot of times you'll get stopped. You would have been stopped out, but instead you end up making money. That's great. The problem is, is at some point you're going to feel the pain threshold and you're going to get out of the shares for a massive loss. And that massive loss, the majority of times, takes away five, six, seven, eight positive trades that you've had. So if you're you're buying, you know, if you're buying, yes, let's take. And you're just leaving no stop and the market has a 10% correction, you're talking about a 240 point move down. You know, if you have a big enough account to withstand that, that's great, I guess. But what if we go more than 10%? What if we go, what if it's a bear market and goes 50% down? So just, just blindly trading with no stop, it's a big problem that a lot of traders do because investors do that. 
So this is an actually very important thing. There's a difference between a trader who's trading to make an income as a job or, or a supplemental income and an investor who's investing long term into his IRA. If you're investing long term into your IRA, then you could you could be you could say to yourself, hey, I'm not going to put in a stop and I'm not going to have a measured move where I think the, the stock or futures are going. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the S&P 500 just for argument's sake. And I know that over the next 30 years, the S&P 500 will be higher than where it is today because I believe in these are the top 500 companies. These are very bright guys. And I believe that in 30 years, no matter what, it will be higher than where it is today. And that's great. That's what Warren Buffett does. He does it on a stock specific thing, uh, stock specific. But basically, he buys a company, and until something changes fundamentally, not the stock price, but fundamentally changes in the company, he holds it. Like his Coca Cola, he's been holding for thirty years. He doesn't really sell it because he doesn't see a reasonable, even though the valuation has gone up multiples and the stock price has gone up multiples in the, from the late seventies. He's still great because he believes in Coca-Cola. He thinks that it's a great product. He thinks that the management runs the company pretty well. And he's a believer in the company. And he doesn't care if the company halves or if the company triples. He's holding on to it as long as he believes that Coca-Cola will be in everybody's kitchen and there's profits to be made. So that's how investors trade. That's how you, you – well, not trade, but invest. And that's how you should invest for your IRA. You should come up with a certain – amount of money you should put it in no matter what the market is doing if the market is ripping the market is crashing overall you understand that 20 years from now 30 years from now 15 years from now the markets will be higher even if in between this time you could see a 50 percent drop now if you're trading on margin or you're trading on for an income that's not the right way to trade because you can't just say i'm going to hold 50 percent drop in the in the s&p 500 because I want to make 15 dot points. So if you want to make 15 points, that's great. But if your risk ends up being 45 points and you're right 60% of the time, even 70% of the time, you, you're you going to have a problem. The math, the math just doesn't add up. So anyone can get lucky on any one given trade. And I'm not saying in this case it was luck because, you know, maybe he had a reason to be long. But again, typically when somebody doesn't have a stop, it's it's luck because you can never be 100% right. It's impossible. Nobody in the world is 100% right. So the fact that you have no stop means that you're taking unlimited risk. And unless you're willing to make unlimited profits, it's a bad trade. So theoretically, we could have had a 10% drawdown for whatever reason. It might have even been news that you didn't expect to happen. Something happened, some war, something broke out. You could have a 10% correction at any time, in my opinion. Is it likely? Probably not, but it could happen. It's 10% chance. So if you're looking to make 15 points, but you're risking 240 points on the ES in this case, the math just doesn't add up because you're risking 15 times roughly what you're earning. So, and for that, you have to be right like 90% of the time for you to make money. So part of the game, very clearly, part of the game of being a day trader is being stopped out. That's going to happen. Of course. Yeah. You know, if you're a lot of the problems, when I first started trading, I was trading with some really bright guys who attended some Ivy League schools, Princeton, Yale, Harvard. And these guys were used to, they were not used to being wrong. They were not used to doing poorly. And one of the hardest parts that they had in trading was when it came down to it, you have to be wrong. You have to. There's, it's impossible to be right 100% of the time. And for a lot of these guys, like they would ch change their stop to go lower, and they would end up having 
decent day, decent day, decent day, and then absolutely destroyed. And they wouldn't really understand why. They would say, you know, I had a great month. I was doing okay. I was making a couple of grand every single day. And then, at, you know, last Wednesday, I got absolutely shellacked. I lost 30000 So I'm down 5000 for the month. And they weren't, weren't understanding why. And it was basically their, their concept of trading was they never wanted to book a loss. They never wanted to admit that they were wrong. And in trading, you have to be very humble because the market market will humble you quickly. And you have to be if you're if you're in a trade for a specific reason and that reason changes, you get out. Right. So if you're in it because you have an indicator that's telling you the market is going higher, you get long, everything looks great. All of a sudden, that pattern indicator or whatever it is, no longer telling you it's going neutral now. It's no longer telling you that it's going up. Now you just have to get out of the, the market. Right. Uh, the same thing with. Which stops. You have to have a predetermined stop and measure move. If you don't, then you're just, you know, you might as well go play blackjack. So, if you're just buying something and hoping it's not the right way. So so this brings me to my next point, actually, that uh, so you, ha- you have some sort of trade set up. You have your percentages uh, or what you suspect are your percentages. Maybe they're tested. Maybe they're not tested. Uh, and you have your risk reward set up. You have some sort of measured move and you're, you know, you set the risk reward ratio properly. And then you're in the trade, you get filled on your order, and then something changes. So I get this question a lot, and I know a lot of traders have this question. They say, well, okay, if you've already established your risk-reward ratio and uh, you have a measured move, now if you start moving around stops and you start getting out of a trade early and you make this a habit, well, now aren't you messing around with the percentages of your trade? Of course you are. So there's, there's two different scenarios. There's a scenario where nothing changes, just you happen to be in the money or out of the money and you're getting nervous because you think that, you know, you're up, let's say you're up five grand, but you're, you know, originally when you set up the trade, you should be up seven and a half. So now you're starting to trade your PL, which is really a bad thing to do for a trader. And you're sitting there and now you remember the one time where you were up five grand and then it turned around and it stopped you out and you went from being plus five to minus seven and a half because you had a one to one strategy and you're like, I can't, I'm not going to, um, I'm not willing to lose 12 and a half. 5K is good for me. I'm going to take it. So boom, you take the five grand, right? So that's a really bad trade because, again, you're screwing with the math long term because now your risk reward is really not one-to-one, even though you originally set it up as one-to-one. Now, if the reason you got in, either be it an indicator, either be it a pattern, sets up nicely and you get in because that pattern set up nicely. But something now changes inside that pattern or a secondary pattern. So for a lot of our guys, including myself, we look at multiple patterns and we look for everything to kind of be set up well and in the same direction to get into a trade. So we take less amount of trades, but we take high probability trades. So now let's say you get into a day, especially this happens with day trading more often than not because day trading on a smaller time frame. So, you know, on a daily chart, it might take days for that to happen. On an intraday chart, it might take hours. So let's say you get into something based on a strong indicator that's telling you it's a bullish pattern, blah, blah, blah. So now you're set up, your risk reward is set up one to one. Now it's up two or three points. In the market, actually, we did that today. Uh, We got long pre-market overnight. And the setup, what we got long, was pretty bullish and uh, was showing a very strong uh, indication that we would go higher. We would earn our six points on the yes. Then, as we were getting closer to the open, due to the fact that we were sitting near the lower bounds of, of the range for over a long time, my indicators based on the based on the algorithm started going neutral. 
So once they start going neutral, I have to make the decision. This is where why I don't trade a black box is I have to look at it and make the decision and say, okay, what do I want to do? Do I just want to get out here? Is that the proper move? Do I want to move my stop maybe? Do I want to move down my offer? So when, I, when they started first turning neutral, and it was a few of them started turning neutral, I decided that since we were up a point in the trade, it wasn't worth taking the point yet because I still thought that some of those neutral uh, indicators could turn back bullish because it wasn't a lot of indicators turning neutral at that time. But I also didn't want to take a, a risk of losing on when I saw that the reason I got in was starting to change a bit. So what I did is I raised our stop to break even. So now, if you look at it that way, our risk our risk was zero and our reward was six points, which is great. But you can't really look at it that way. But that that's the at that point, that's what it was setting up to be. Then as more and more time came by, a lot of those indicators that I was hoping would turn back bullish and we would get our six points started turning neutral. More and more of them started turning neutral and some started turning bearish. Once that happened and I decided not to just leave their stop at break even because we were up like two points at the time. I said, you know what? Two points is better than zero. Let's take the two points. It's getting into a 50-50 scenario. So when we got into the trade, I had a 70% or 67% chance of making money on the trade based on my indicators by the time we got out it was 50 50 so for me that warrants a change in the overall pattern and i said you know what i don't want to be in this trade anymore now I, that doesn't mess with the risk reward because the pattern was no longer there now if i would have just taken the two points because we were up two points in the trade and i said Whoo, i want to take two points because uh, I just want to have a profit, that would be a bad trade. Mm -hmm. So, so now, seems, that also. So it seems to me that there's several levels levels of discipline which must be uh, adhered to. There's the discipline to one to understand that you're going to set up a risk reward strategy that's proper. You have to have first find the right pattern, but then discipline to 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 come up with a certain mathematical uh, risk reward ratio before the trade happens even. And then once you're in the trade to have the discipline not to just get out once you you're down two points, you're up three points or whatever it is that you're looking to make or where you don't want to lose. Uh, and then on the next level of discipline to understand when there is actually a reason to get out of the trade that's beyond just, oh boy, I'm feeling kind of not so great about this anymore because, uh, I don't know, I'd like to take the three points or I don't want to take it's, six points loss. Exactly, exactly. It's, if you're, so there's two sayings, never trade your P&L, right? So the first one where you're just getting out because you're up five and you're nervous because you're not sure if it's going to go that extra point, that's trading your P&L. Right. That's not a good way to trade. That's a sure way to mess up with your risk reward over the long term. Then there's another saying, if the reason you got in is not there, you get out. Right. So if you're if you're buying a car or, or you're buying anything because for a certain reason, and then even though you bought it already, that reason didn't come to fruition or changes or something better comes out. A lot of times it's just better to cut your losses or even in this case, cut your winners and take you, take some profit and walk away as opposed to stubbornly just holding and saying, oh, I'm going to hold because when I got in, 
it was a good indicator to get in. I feel like this uh, is. I feel like this is an easy way for uh, traders to, you know, you can convince yourself that you're getting out of a trade for any sort of reason that you that you want. But the truth of the matter is, is like you may just be getting out of it because you're nervous or whatever. You know, you can find indicators whenever you want that. Oh yeah, the trade is really turned and and whatnot. So it's kind of like a whole another level of discipline. Right, right. Well, you have to be honest with yourself, right? So this goes back to like what I was saying earlier that a lot of these traders hate being wrong and can't take the fact their ego can't take the fact that they're wrong and that's not what it's all about today in the morning i got indicators telling us to go bearish we got out plus two and ended up going i think plus four to the high which wouldn't have been enough to get us out because we're plus six and then it reversed and dropped 15 points so it ended up i my indicators were right now i could have theoretically left the stop at, at break even so we're not risking anything and i could have potentially try to catch the six points but based on what i was seeing with my proprietary indicators as they were popping up to me didn't feel warranted uh i felt two points was better than the break even and the indicators were turning so quickly and then even at plus four i was still watching the indicators to see you know if we'd made the right decision or not they were still even at that point still around 50 50 so even though the market extended a bit higher the indicators did not get any better you did not get any more bullish uh just because the market price action went up. And when I see that, I'm very happy that I didn't stay in the trade. And obviously today, the market reversed after that and crashed uh, much lower. So basically, that, the the point is, if you're getting in, let's make it a little bit simpler. Uh, if you're getting in because of doubt theory, right? Higher highs. Well, let, let's go even further. Let's say you see, a, you see a head and shoulders, and you say whenever there's a head and shoulders, and... We have a lower low, lower low and a lower high, right? Dow theory going down. So that's where I want to trade. So my stop will be above the previous high. So if we make a higher high, it's no longer in a downtrend based on Dow theory. And I want to no longer be in it, even though there's a head and shoulders pattern as the overall pattern. So the head and shoulders pattern is the, the, mat, the main pattern that you see. But then to put even higher probability in your case, you're looking at the trend line off of Dow theory, which is lower lows and lower highs. So now everything sets up. It's a perfect trade. The neckline breaks. The risk reward is proper. You can get a one-to-one risk reward. The, the secondary indicator that you're watching in this case is, is the higher highs, and, or, or this, I apologize, the lower highs and the lower lows. Now all of a sudden it makes a, another lower low and lower high that is lower than where you originally were using your stop. So now your your idea is to move down the stop to that point because once it makes that higher high, the secondary reason that you're in the name is no longer there. Now it might be you're in, you're in it for a profit or maybe that you're in it for a small loss. But either way, once that Dow theory triggers the other way, even though the overall head and shoulders pattern is still there, once it triggers the other way, you no longer want to be in there. Or like a trend line and a moving average. A lot of people trade those two together. So if you have a trend line that's going up and then you're also – using the 50-day the moving average, let's say, if you're trading on daily. And all of a sudden, you say, as long as we stay within the trend line, uh, up, up trend line, and as long as we stay above the 50, I want to be long and I have my risk reward. It's all set up. Everything is proper. Now, even though it stays inside the up trend line, it goes below the 50-day moving average, which is the second parameter of your setup, you have to get out. There's no there's no ands, if or buts about it. There's no all, but I feel it's going to go higher, or oh, I, you know, I really like this position because... At the end of the day, you have to trade almost like a computer because 
that's what makes the most amount of money. All of these quant firms, all of these banks, they don't have traders anymore. They just have quants and programs that are sitting there and buying it. And the main reason why they have that is because there's no gut feelings. Computers don't have gut feelings. So if the computer is programmed to sell once it breaks the trend line or breaks the 50-day moving average, it sells. There's no, oh, but this feels good or, oh, this is going to work out. Or I remember the last time I did this and it ended up working out anyways. You can't do that. So you have to, you can't lie to yourself. So if that's the reason you got in and it's one of those reasons it's not there anymore, you have to get out. So so that's the same thing with my strategy. So Gary, I'd like to add one more level of complexity, I suppose, to this whole so this whole conversation, we're talking about risk-reward ratios. We're talking about discipline. What about money management? Because I know I get, uh, I've get i spoken with a lot of traders and they have questions about money management and how many contracts should they be trading. And if they're trading this risk-reward strategy, how many contracts should they be trading versus this risk-reward uh, risk reward ratio? So what do, you, what do you think about that? I can't help somebody figure out how many contracts they should be trading because there's a lot of variables that they have to answer themselves. How aggressive do they want to be? How much money are they looking to make? Is Are you retired, living off of a small budget, trying to make supplementary income? Are you loaded uh, because your father left you $100 million like Donald Trump and you want to you know, you make $50,000 a trade because anything else, less than that you don't even feel uh, – so there's a lot of different scenarios. What I will say, what I can help is you start with – the, with a small amount to build your confidence because if you don't have confidence you get what's called an itchy trigger finger so when you get it when you're not confident in your strategy or somebody else's strategy if you're following them you're sitting there and saying oh I'm, I'm up i'm up four grand i need to take it and boom you take it and then you start screwing up again with the risk reward because you don't believe in the strategy so the first thing i would say is you, you trade a small enough size where you're not you don't have an itchy finger where you feel comfortable and it's not necessarily a about making that crazy sum of money that you originally put in your head, but it's about trusting the strategy. So once you be begin trusting the strategy where you feel comfortable that you can put the risk and reward in and you won't change it because you're up X amount of dollars and you want to take that, that amount of money, so you don't. You're, once you feel comfortable that you're not going to trade your P&L, then you can start increasing your size and you can increase it rather quickly as long as you're increasing it correctly. So if you increase every single trade, that doesn't make sense either because eventually you're going to have negative trades and whenever you do have a negative trade, it's going to be on a bigger sum of money than the previous trade. So what I like to do is I like to tell people to increase every month. So start in the beginning of the month. If your month goes the, the way you want it to go, so if you were planning to make three positive trades or ten positive trades, whatever that number is in your mind, you'll do it on a consistent uh, amount of contracts, a consistent amount of PL that you're risking and rewarding. At the end of the month, if you met your goal of, let's say you want to make five positive trades net. So you met that goal or exceeded that goal. Now you have the ability, you passed the class, now you have the ability to step up to the next amount of contracts that you feel comfortable. But it never could be a big, such a big jump that if you have a big month, it crushes you and you, 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 you know, you go to the broke house. So, in my opinion, it's very important to make a plan before you start trading in what you feel comfortable and how you would like that plan to proceed. And once you make that plan, you can follow that plan. And as long as, like I said, as long as you're hitting your goals and you're hitting them on a consistent basis, you could continue to follow that plan. Now, if you don't hit those goals, I would pause my plan 
And I would say, okay, I had a bad month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let, I'm going to trade out another month. So I only made one positive unit and I was hoping to make five positive, five positive trades. So the next month, again, you stay at the same size and you try to hit that five. Next month you hit that five, then you go up to the seven. If you're, if you're going up two contracts every, every time or, or $2,000 worth of risk every time. So it really depends on where you're at. And so it's very difficult for me to tell you how many contracts you should trade, except for when you start a strategy, you have to be very, very small so that you could, you have no problem not having an itchy for you, trigger for you. Well, let me ask you a question more specifically. Like, for instance, we have our one-to-one strategy, the eagle strategy. We risk six points to make six points. And we have another strategy, the wolf, which uh, is a one-to-three strategy, and depending on the trade, but usually it's uh, a risking, risking three points to make nine points. So how do you set up proper money management? Every strategy that you trade, you have to be risking the same amount of money. That's the way I look at it. Some people look at it from the reward side. So you're looking to make the same amount of money. I, either way is fine, right? So if you're, let, let's take both scenarios. So if you have a one-to-one strategy, and let's say you're comfortable risking a thousand to make a thousand dollars, that's what you're really comfortable at. That's great. So now the three-to-one strategy, you either have to be risking a thousand to make three thousand, or you have to be looking to make a thousand which means you'll be risking $333. Either one of those is fine. One is conservative, one is more aggressive. Either one is is totally fine. But you have to, whatever you decide to do, it has to be, again, it can't be just, I'm going to do this with risk, I'm going to do this with the reward. It has to be across the universe of the stocks. Okay, so basically what you're saying is no matter what strategy you trade, uh, you have to be consistent with the amount of money that you are trading every single trade. And that's one of the biggest parts of money management. Right. You have to be consistent and you have to be consistent on what, which side are you taking? Are you, are you consistent on the risk side? So are you always risking $1,000 or whatever amount you feel comfortable? Or are you always looking to make the same amount of money? So if you're always looking to make the same amount of money, that's a little bit more conservative. If you're always risking the same amount of money, that's more aggressive. But it always has to be uniform. So if you decide I'm going to risk $1,000 on every single strategy I trade and every trade I take, it always has to be that. So even if you're taking a five to one strategy where you're risking a thousand to make five thousand dollars, that's great. Now, if you do the opposite where you say, hey, I'm going to be a bit conservative and I'm going to look to make the same amount all the time. So I'm going to always look to make a thousand dollars. So if you have a five to one strategy, you're only risking two hundred dollars. So your risk is two hundred to make a thousand. So but on every trade that you make, you're always making a thousand. So once you choose what's right for you, and that typically is how aggressive or conservative you want to be, you can go from there and say, okay, now every trade I'm going to do is 1,500. Every trade I'm going to do is now 2,000. Every trade I'm going to do is 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, but it always has to be uniform. Right. And then, of course, you have to adjust your contracts accordingly. Right. Of course. Then you do just basic math. So if you're risking five points, and you're risk, uh, you're you're, risk, you're risking five to make five on the ES, and you're looking to make or lose five thousand dollars. That's ten contracts. Right. If you're looking to risk ten thousand dollars, and you're again five five, then you're the twenty contracts. So yeah, of course, that that's basic math. But but the principle is to understand: Are you always going to risk the same amount, or are you always going to look to make the same amount? That that's kind of the question most traders have a problem with. Because they don't know, and, and it's hard, and it comes down to how conservative or aggressive your personality is most of the time. 
Gary, thank you so much for your time. Uh, stay tuned. And as always, Size Trade is subscribed. We'll keep you updated. Till next time, this is Almost at Size Trade. Gary, thanks so much again. Thanks, Almost. Take care.